Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod Channel. I'm Stacey June, and I'm Christy Mercer. Hi, hello. Welcome to your week. I have, <clears throat> I have a frog in my throat. Sorry. What's going on? I don't know. Something, something. Did I had you a- get over that sickness? It was kind of lingering, wasn't it? I had a cough yesterday, and I was like, oh, oh shit, that's not your asthma coming back. No. Remember when you had asthma that popped up like randomly? No, someone said I had asthma. This is a Pod Channel. We're really losing the structure here lately. Was that such a bad thing? No, just keep us on the the straight and narrow. Yeah, it is a bad thing when you're editing episodes that go for 65 (laughs) minutes and you need them to be 30. (laughs) I will completely attest to that. You asked four questions after 40 minutes to Michaela Bannis this week. I was like, I get that. I have questions I want to ask too, but I'm trying to look at the time. Yeah, I got that. And I got that from your eyeballs when you were staring at me looking like shut up at the, oh. towards the end of that but were Ignored they not me. but were Ignored they me. not some of the most interesting answers two of them were yeah yeah thank you yeah i know and had i not asked them we wouldn't have got that juice and very quickly straight after the record you said i will edit that one because yeah, you knew i knew that you pushed it i, and I was ready to just oh my god i knew and i hit my strides later sometimes in oh those chats god anyway michaela bannis is coming up very soon this is a pod channel where episodes drop each and every day well not really for a week we're dropping at the moment and today we've got a catch-up which is just something that we want to talk about that's running through our lives mm-hmm. or um, just a topic really yeah i hope yours isn't running through your life or, or do I? you yeah because I, I want to talk about the obsession with big penises yeah right so i mean your obsession other people's obsession just your friends the, obsessions everybody's the world's obsession with dudes with big dicks yeah men and women everybody <laughs> everywhere all of the things yeah okay so i i hope that you would think that that was well this is the thing right i was going to say i would hope that you would think that that would be running through my life at the moment no i don't cuz i don't i very quickly in my single life realized that big dick doesn't equal good sex okay well uh, so hold your buddy horses yeah, sorry cuz they're not getting stuck into that yet i was born and raised in melbourne and have lived in Uh, countries overseas, lived in different states across Australia, have often thought about living overseas again in my life. Like I've just always been a person that hasn't really hidden away from that. And I wanted to talk today about what that means versus the people that are very happy to stay put. I just wonder if there's some psychology behind the difference between a person that is open to fleeing and a person that is very, very kind of confident in staying. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you want me to start? Yeah, start. Okay, Okay, well, because I'm thinking about a bit of a discovery. You know, I was just really researching it today. And. And it was, I mean, from a personal perspective, I think particularly this year through more of the tough times, I certainly felt more homesick than I had since living here in Sydney. Mm. And and it was interesting because I had a very big conversation with a friend who caught me at a pretty bad time and that basically gave me this pep talk to be like, just come home. Okay. You know, the jig is up. Yeah. You don't need to do this. And it was at the time I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I don't need to do this. Why am I doing this? Mm. And obviously we moved here for work. I met um, my fiancé here. 
there is a lot that not led me, not just led me here, but also to keep, you here keep me here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have our business, our life here. There's just and there's a lot still in the pipeline for us here. You know, there's still things that may, you know, that may really eventuate sooner rather than later that are not in Sydney. You know, that, but they're, sorry, not, they're in not in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. and so. But talk to me to interrupt. But would you feel like going back to Melbourne would be not a failure, but would would there be part of you that goes? It'd be a different decision moving out of I'm going through a hard time and missing everybody so I feel like I'm coming home rather than being in a good headspace going, you know what, now I feel like now would be a time because I've got kids that would be nice for them to to grow up or, you know, to see where I grew up or to spend more time with well, family or those kind of things. Because when we shook hands when we moved to Sydney, we shook hands and were like, let's aim for five. Mm. Let's just give ourselves an idea that we are on the road for five. So in a way, I know that things have dramatically changed for both of us. <laughs> oh, so there's shit. no way that was ever going to be yeah. something that we could could just do no matter what like mm. you have to look at everything but at the back of my mind personally when mm. I said when we said that to each other I was comfortable with that Same. for myself and for for us and I think it was just good to have that that foresight for yourself too mm. where you give this a go so I have that in my, the back of my head so it's not that it's a failure but I have got a bit mm. of an aim or something that I did set out to have when I moved here so I think that plays a part but it was interesting because at the same time, my friend at the time that was saying to me, move home, move home, move home, yeah. was like, when you move home, it's going to be different now. You have met Ben. Like mm. everything will be different. And there was a twinkle in me that went, yeah, I would be going home, not with a win because, hey, guys, I scored me a man's, but that I did move and there was there was substantial things that happened Yeah, and then I have come back a yeah. fairly different person. I think sometimes when people... And that would help. I think sometimes weird. when you move away or people move away, there's almost like not a needing to prove or come back with something, but I understand that. I understand what you mean. Well, if I'm that, honest with myself. Yeah, that you've, yeah. Done, that you've done what you needed to do in that place and that you've come back um, in a different honest, place to where you started. That's right. And to be honest with you, I knew I would meet my future husband. You always here. said that. Yeah. Didn't you? You said, I've just got a feeling that I'm going to meet my person in, in Sydney. Sydney. I said he's in Sydney. Yeah, I know you did. And I yeah. wanted to move to Sydney before we got um, our radio job too. Like that was always the plan. Well, that was the, was the plan. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of thought that there would be things that would happen career-wise for me and for us here, mm-hmm. you know. So they did, big time. So all of the things I thought would happen, happened. And then all the things I didn't think happened, happened too. Mm. <laughs> and so then that changes things, obviously. It just opens up conversation. But it got me thinking there are so many of my friends, this particular friend, one of them, my bestie that I met with last night, it's just for a lot of them, another one of my best mates who travels around the world mm. uh, doing comedy and, mm. and the country, but really has never, I think, been that open to moving out of the, like the hometown. Well, it's a different from. thing, isn't it, to mo- to go away or travel for work versus actually picking up totally. your life and moving and and making a life for yourself totally. too, new friends, new so network. So many of yeah. my mates mm-hmm. who are my best friends, mm. actually four of my best friends um, are all very happy where they're from. Mm. They really don't. And and I think one of one or two of them have just come to that realisation too, you know, where they're like, oh, shit, I am actually that person. And I thought, fuck, what's different? Why am I different to that? Even my partner's very happy staying. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out there because it just popped into my head. Do you reckon there's something to do with oldest child vibes? I'm the eldest. Yeah, I'm the eldest. I think there's. I think sometimes think about all your friends that you're talking about. My sister, who's younger than me, I could. She and she's very open about it too. She would never live anywhere else. Yeah. 
I'm just thinking, I feel like sometimes with the oldest child, right, there's A, this need to be the kind of leader and prove something. But secondly, and I've realized this through therapy and a lot about myself that maybe the part of it is the older child thing too, but this want to separate from the family pack mm. and almost have something of your own to create your own thing. But I often thought maybe that was because the family pack was dysfunctional, which was for me. I'm not going to comment for you. Oh, for me, totally it was, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> not my, dysfunctional not my, AF, but not my thing, you know. But I often thought, am I running away from that? And at times I've thought the answer, and one of my mates has actually answered when I asked him that in a, quite a dark time, do you think I've run away from certain things? And he said, yeah. But he said, I think you have every right to have tried to get a clean slate and do things separated. Like it's not a, I don't see it as a running away meaning. It's interesting. This particular article is on a website called Inverse and it's far, It's like they do a fair bit of psychological stuff. And this guy has written a book all about, you know, staying or, or going and how it actually is a really great thing to to root put your roots in from where you're from and that it isn't okay. always the answer just to flee. Um, and so he was like, it's true that the geographic cure seems to offer us an easy exit from all of our nagging problems. It also scrubs us of our social capital. Those close relationships, loose ties that scholars have found to make us happy are broken. It breaks trust, credibility and social cohesion we've accumulated over years with our neighbours, a relationship that's been linked to major health benefits, are people that we are familiar with, including fewer heart attacks. So it could keep us from enjoying the greater friendliness and community mindness of a town whose residents have lived there for a while but can't you create that in a new place though well I think maybe that was what I learned from this reading this was that I didn't have that at home oh that sense of community neighbor vibes yeah Yeah, okay where we grew up we were very um we were more underprivileged we were kind of of a lower socioeconomic group and a lower income than where I lived. Okay. So we didn't really yeah. always fit. Like even though I made obviously the most amazing friends, from a community perspective, we always felt a little bit out of the loop. Yeah, okay. You know, and so that – and my mum didn't have time to kind of mingle. She was working two jobs. Mm. Like just very – and maybe there were other families that didn't have it as good or it was just – we're not as showy at the Catholic fucking church, you know that we ended up fitting in with, but it was still kind of survival for us Mm. more than it was a community, Mm. you know. There was a community around us. God, my my friends' families helped raise me in lots of ways, but it just wasn't that, I guess, that community sense that you're sold is the way it's supposed to be, that you're up the street and like now, as we were talking Mm. earlier, you see the nippers and there's all these families and different kids and everybody knows each other. I used to kind of resent that, but now I look at it and think, no, that's something that I'd probably like, but I didn't have that where I grew up. So I don't know. When Maybe you, you go, want it more now because you didn't have it when you, you grew up. do you think you have to look, at, look outside your state? Do you know what I mean? Like, can't you just have a kid and then start again? This still hasn't that's answered a, bit, a lot of the questions but, that I have. But I was talking to a mate about this the other day when she, when she actually messaged me. She goes, winning at life, just running to six people on the way back from my exercise class. Because this is something... That's a nightmare to but me. But this is something that we always talk about, right? And I've spoken about it with you. The first time that I was out washing my car at the front of my apartment in Sydney and a mate walked past... We're no longer friends with her, but when she walked past yeah, and she's, she was like, hey, babes, I was like, almost had tears in my eyes because I was like, never as an adult since I moved away from home when I was 20, have I had somebody that I knew just happen to walk past my house. Mm. Like that sense of community and neighborhood and camaraderie and, and a sense of familiarity enough for people that you know to just 
cruise past your house was not something that I had ever experienced as an adult. And a mate of mine was talking about how stoked she was that finally she, you know, after living in a place for only about six or eight months, six to eight months, that she didn't feel like everybody was a stranger and everything was new. And is that's it, something that she really grew up with. Her her family was a huge and still are huge members of where we grew up. But it's so interesting though because it still it doesn't answer my question as to why you move away to get that. Like when these this study, this article saying that you already had that. So whether you either had it and didn't like what you had or – you know that I don't know like why that's so great but then you gave your you starved yourselves of that for almost 10 years and then you cry because you almost get it when actually you know you could just have had it at home the whole time that's I I'm think so- there's an element of wanting to I don't know wanting to create well, it is, for yourself well, this I think. is the other this is the other the other um, side yeah, yeah, yeah thought catalog is a very um, incredible website very big fan of it and they have written about sobering realities of moving away and why everybody in their 20s need to do it so it's not that it's easy but that it just really does offer this other kind of I guess reality of life that that I suppose you don't you don't experience if you continue to have the exact same people doing that stuff. What about for you as somebody that has moved away? And I I know I can certainly attest to this. Don't you reckon sometimes when you catch up with people that you grew up with, there's this real kind of sense of they know you as you were when you were 17? Oh, and I've had you a know, lobotomy since Yeah, that, and that's what I mean. And for me, I think the biggest part of making mates or meeting people now versus having people that have you known since you're 16 and building that sense of community there's this real sense of building it from a place that is really truly who you are now not who you were before I think for me actually it's funny because I say I had a lobotomy but I don't actually think I have in hindsight now looking back like I'm going into kind of more of my mid-30s so now it's not even just that I look back at my 20s like they were yesterday they kind of were a little bit ago where I kind of look at that time and I was a completely I, I am a very different person but there are also parts of me as I kind of mature that aren't so different that I've obviously spoken about on this show in the past and that I've really mm. probably shied away from yeah. almost. So it's interesting because at the same time, as much as I have wanted to step away and create those things from scratch, funnily enough, a lot of the things that I have attracted or wanted to attract, A, is community which we've re- we kind of essentially are living away from and B, are personality traits that I potentially I'm kind of trying to bring out more from my original self. Mm. So it's kind of a head fuck. I think what I'm taking out of this is everybody is different, mm. right? And I think uh, the grass is always what greener. Is the point zero is right? weather. I mean, that's a yeah. big one for us. There's, ov- there's obviously going to be an element of you, right, as somebody that's never moved out of the, the place where they grew up at, looking at somebody that has moved to Sydney or LA or New York and go, whoa, oh, maybe, you know, I'm this – that's stunning to me or that that equals success or this high flyer. I wish I could have done that. Mm. Part of me regrets mm. that. Mm. But then there would be somebody on the shoes on the other foot that thinks all I want to do is go back to where I came from for that sense of familiarity but I can't because I feel like I'm a failure. Mm. That was my ex. Like that mm. was the whole reason that he didn't go back because he felt like he couldn't 
Mm. You know what I mean? Unless he came back as this big mega success and living away afforded him that because there was an element of mystery as to who he actually was and what he was actually doing day to day, right? Mm. But I think the moral of the story is like like everything, everybody's different. There's always going to be an element of what if and could that have been better and should I have done that? Because there are good and bad in both. I think I landed last night because it was interesting for me. I think one thing that you do never shake though is homesickness. And I think when you start to build that community and I know having children here will change it. A lot of Mm. people have said to me, as soon as you have kids, you're kind of more grounded in a community sense and that will really change. And I think it's been interesting to watch some of my friends have kids from where we grew up that they essentially had to re-ground themselves in their own ways where they were from anyway because mm. people are at different times mm. of their lives you know so it might not be that you moving away is the only way you learn some of these lessons which like you said I think if you're supposed to learn them you'll learn them wherever you are it's just different preferences of how you want to live mm. and how you want to learn them really mm. you know who knows Ben could get a job in yeah. South Korea like off we go South Korea good lord I just said that <laughs> can we move the thinking girls there not sure do you reckon they'll let us take this fluoro light? I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> We'd well, be banned, bro. The internet's hardly even allowed there. And that's shocking to transport. Oh, like, isn't it just? That remember when they said, remember when we, with this big neon light we've got? Uh, remember when they said they were going to build a custom box for it? It was going to cost us three fifty. <laughs> no, we just lost our job parts. We'll bubble wrap it and hope for the best. <laughs> we did. I think I literally prayed. Like, I was like, all we've got is prayer. <laughs> Resort to prayer. Oh, God. Oh, Christ. Well, so basically the the resolution of this yep. is there is none. No, there is none because no. often, like whatever we talk about. No you box. Do, you, no yeah. box. You think about putting it in different boxes, switch it around, and in the end you go, oh, well, there's no such thing really, is there? Let's move on to Catch talking up. about big dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and that is exactly what we need to talk about right now. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Look, I know we've done a podcast before. I'll chuck the link in show notes about what – what was it? Does penis size really matter? Yes. So this is a topic that we've kind of covered before, right? Yes. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. What, it's exactly. a fair question. Um, but there's a – And why would you stop? There's, <laughs> there's, another, there's um, another element that I want to talk about today, which is what is the obsession with big penises? Right. Right, because I saw this article on news.com this morning, right? There's a man, a man who claims to have the largest penis on the planet. You were spilling like, about. Is it proven or? 34 centimetres. So you think about a the ruler. ruler. 
You think Remember about those wooden the ruler, yeah. You think about the wooden ruler that you used in school or plastic if you were fancy and then add four centimetres on the end of that. So 13.5 inches. And the standard, you know how they say the standard penis is six inches, mm. six to six and a half. Mm. So it's like more than double that so anyway he the reason that this article came out is because he was talking about his sexual conquests like talking about how many hollywood a-listers had 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 sex with him because of the fact that he had such a massive dick and it's interesting if you go back and listen to that podcast really but why like i don't want a ruler a ruler would be going out my back like i'm a very small person yeah, if but this is he the thing. was to be completely inserted in me he would be poking my spine that would be obviously doing <laughs> internal damage there were like, rumors that it was meryl <laughs> streep which i just fucking hilarious it's not because he confirmed it wasn't meryl streep it's the most random quote big dick boys like nah it wasn't meryl streep and he's standing there in these bike shorts with this but i can confirm it wasn't the uh award-winning actress can i just say i was like bro i was not thinking straight away when you had a big dick and said you slept with a-listers straight away i'm going oh def's meryl streep who the fuck spread that rumor? Thanks for cl- can you hear my stomach? It's losing its mind. Thank you for clearing that up. Anyway, then there's this other man, and I know this is not what we're actually talking about, but I'm just fascinated by this man. Has also come out and and he said his name's Mr. Kareba, and he actually holds the world record for the largest phallus, 19 inches, 48 centimeters. And this is actually not that funny, but he recently won a court battle to officially be recognised as disabled. Oh, that's awful. Because his penis is so big he finds it actually difficult to walk and he now receives a government pension. He's from Mexico. But not like it's not funny. Well, no disability is funny. It makes life fucking harder for them. But I it's just it the visual. Nineteen but the not being able to walk visual. That's full on, isn't it? The reality is fucked. The reality is not right. The visual is something you can pluck out of some um, what movies are the people that make, like um, Wahlberg movies or like, you know, the visual is something they would take the piss of. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the visual is there for you. A Wahlberg movie? Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Is he the actor? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh what do you mean? Have I got the wrong one? I think the wrong mean. actor. I wasn't going to say anything and I, j- I tried to hold it in. Didn't you hear me swallow my laughter? Like your pop, your oh, re- maybe corral, corral. Don't mean corral. Steve, your references sometimes are like. <laughs> <laughs> I try to roll with it, bro. And but as I'm Tanya like, Hennessy was like, you talk with such authority. No and shit, because sometimes I'm like, oh, Mark Wahlberg must make these really interesting <laughs> movies about, you know, questioning disability. Oh, obviously, I didn't know about that. Okay, I'm sorry, but. Who are the people I'm thinking of? Like Anchorman and that crew. Let's get back to big dicks. But can I just ask you oh, yeah. to confirm who I was thinking about with those Anchorman movies? Are you thinking of Seth Rogen, the stoner guy? <laughs> like he's always in those movies with like shaggy hair. <laughs> I think he actually played shaggy. <laughs> what are you about? I think he played the role of shaggy. <laughs> Is he in Scooby-Doo? Who are you talking about? Can I can I continue with this podcast? Yes. As you continue to find this minuscule detail that nobody but you gives a shit about. Well, who's in Wedding Crashes? The blonde <laughs> guy with the shaggy Owen hair. Wilson. Owen Wilson. Oh, him. <laughs> Owen Wilson, you thought That's- played Shaggy in Scooby Doo. <laughs> Was in and, Zoolander, and I thought he was in in Wedding Crashes. He was, and he wasn't <laughs> in Anchorman. Oh my fucking god. I'm so, so glad when we... I said Mark Wahlberg, I was thinking of him. Oh, my God. I love that the two references you've got to decipher some stranger are wrong. And somehow I figure out who who it is. 
Oh, I gave you enough clues. You're not exactly psychic. (laughs) We sat here for five whole minutes. You're like, and I got it. I so apologise to this, everybody. Um, Okay, so let's get back to that. Beep. Back on track. Okay, back on track. I was thinking about where is the obsession from big pen about big penises because it's not just it's not just women, right? No, it's not just women that are like, oh, we had a big dick, and in movies, it's like, oh, does size matter? Or it's uh, you know, like there's this real not just pop culture. There's just real. I don't know this kind of undertone of bigger is better. What I've realised about penis size is how much it plays into a man's confidence mm. in the bedroom. So a guy that. Has, has had the biggest penis that I've ever seen was mega confident and that's where the good sex comes into play. Mm. Um, to counter that, there was a guy pretty recently that had the, probably the smallest penis that I have ever seen mm. and it was so interesting the difference in demeanour when you take your clothes off. He was very – and it also was reminded me of how confident I feel in my own self and my own skin and my own body right now mm. more than I ever have. Mm. I found it so interesting how he kept pulling the covers up, you know, to switch the lights off. Like even though I'd just gone down on him, he was putting a condom on and did it under the sheets. I'm like, I've just had my face in it. Like <laughs> like this is not a secret. Well, it's been in your mouth. You know, like so, so those kind of things. And that in itself, because I wasn't – I did not give two shits about the size of his penis, whether it was big, small, thin, th- whatever. Mm. But you could get this real sense that it was something that he was really – embarrassed or nervous about and I think that's so fed into his energy that then it made me feel uncomfortable well, and the whole or, and the whole not, experience was not nice. I mean you are hearing about men with micro penises but even these guys that have got the largest penis in the world and they obviously have issues like there's disabilities, there's you know all these kinds of problems that essentially come from having something that's so supersized they're still talking to the press because they've got a big one. Mm. You know, for us, we are, I think we are under the under the microscope with everything. So mm. I don't think that you can really compare. Chicks just do have it harder with what society kind of puts on you in terms of your looks, size, you know, like shape, whatever. But with guys, obviously this is their version of that. Mm. I'm not saying one's easier or harder than the other. Well, actually, I'm saying women is harder. Yeah, but my so. point is for blokes – their difficult part or their thing that they have insecurities around is directly linked with the kind of pleasure they receive for themselves. And that makes me a bit sad because if you're like confident or not confident, that's a direct impact Mm. on the way that you receive Mm. and give pleasure. Mm. One of the most beautiful and um, I think most treasured things that we can do. And you know what I found really interesting too? I was doing a bit of research. This was um, in a study conducted by the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences, whatever that is, it, when it was it was going through the top five reasons as to – I actually, if you went through my Google history, you'd lull at this. I screenshot it because I was like, why, why, are, why is the world obsessed with big penises? Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons was why women – find big penises visually or looking attractive is because there's a balancing scale of attractiveness done by this as found by this study which shows that the size of the penis is as equally as attractive as the height of the man you know how often women will say i like a tall man or there's something in our whether it's society or our culture you know look at any disney movie or any kind of you know celebrity couple that you kind of a pin-up people you see this strong masculine tall man and whether you you know you agree with that or not i think for the for the general 
I don't know, female population, most chicks would say they'd prefer a, a taller man versus mm-hmm. a shorter man. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very full on to say, don't put me in a box, like stop telling me I should have bigger boobs, smaller boobs, whatever. But girls, I think we often can be very con very very hypocritical oh totally and i just think we've got to watch ourselves Mm. especially i know to get really fucking deep and full-on but male mental health like men's mental health is one of the biggest issues that we face like it is intense the suicide rates and i'm not saying that you bag someone's penis size and they're going to then hurt themselves but but i've heard some pretty full-on like really full-on stories of of people that i know that have been on a one-night stand they go to have sex that she sees the size of his penis and she goes, oh, no. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, like, I didn't be think... be an asshole and then expect other people to not but be I just, an, like, an I was asshole just like, you. Can you. Can you imagine if the shoe was on the other foot, mm. he took your pants off, looked at your vagina and for whatever reason goes, oh, Disgusting. nah, I'm going to call it. Like that. But there is something about thinking that men can handle it or d- dicks seem to be more of a joke. You know, like and also than, something than that's up for vaginas. discussion and not yeah. connected. That's why I wanted yeah. to put that point on that this is really full on. Like it is linked to pleasure. I don't think there's any part of me that's seen a guy with a big penis and gone, what? Oh, wow! No, wow. Every- oh, guys, I'm not like so impressed writing home about oh, I've it. I've been more frightened. If yeah, anything. I I'm think like, it, oh god, because they look aggressive, like as well, is also, penis, like hard penises are right. pretty like. And when it's actually gone on. in, I've sometimes lost my breath. Yeah. And gone, because oh where's it actually how... going? Like you're yeah. quite a small person. And actually, there's been a couple times where I've kind of gone, uh, just slow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow, I've had that slow, before. Slow. Yeah. It's not that great, and that's not fun. No. Like, so I think we just need to get perspective too. You know, like mm. at the end of the day, listen back to the Juliet Allen podcast, which we put up last week. Which we'll is, check it in show notes too. Yeah, your greatest sex is going to be come from an emotional connection. It's just a fact. So small willy, big willy, medium size. Yeah, just connect, and then you're going to have all the kinds of orgasms you want. And watch your judging on the on the PP. <laughs> On the wieners. <laughs> if you liked this show, you can rate and review it. Um, and also, it's super easy to subscribe. Like, there's a whole article you can um, click the link in our bio um, on Instagram or check it out at thethinkygirls.com.au. So it just means that every, like, you don't have to go in every single day for the four days of the week to get the new podcast. It'll just rock up in your phone. That's right. Spotify isn't updated. It doesn't update as quickly as those apps. So if you're on Android or iPhones, there's plenty of podcast apps that you can Google and find, and they will be the second they go live is the second they mm-hmm. hit your phone so mm-hmm. that's the best way to access us or of course the thinkergirls.com.au all right guys catch ya oh tomorrow's show oh yeah amy shepherd oh yeah what a gem from shepherd mm-hmm. uh the family band we talked to her in depth about that actually it's an, a fascinating interview about working in groups working in family and how you continue to have i guess your own identity as a part of a music band. I adore her and we've spoken to her a lot of times, but I don't think we've ever had a conversation on this kind of level with her. I think she was ready to talk like Same. that. Um, so, cool. yeah, really I don't cool. know. We went uh, we went deeper with her, as we do. So that'll be up tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Did you love this podcast, but you want to chat about it more? Make sure you go to the Thinker Girls on Facebook. Uh, that's obviously us and Insta, because that's where we're going to be continuing this convo with you, Posse. Yes, we want to know what you think, Posse. So every week we'll be breaking down our podcast content across social media, so you have an opportunity to share your opinions. Plus, we're on Insta Stories every damn day, so you get to come along with us for this crazy TG ride. Yeah, Merce. Head to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or even Twitter to find us. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.